to all and to all a hello welcome 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 to chai with rye hi my name is rye and today's episode is going to be a bit different we don't have a guest we don't have a live recording this is just me my self me myself and i and i'm doing this with a mic there's not going to be any of this but i wanted to introduce new segments to the show and keep it fun and just fresh for myself and i was like what is it that i love and recently i've been privileged and honored to be a part of a couple of film festivals to take part in them as an actor or just as a writer and i've also been invited to go see some shows so i was like why not share the wonderful things that i'm experiencing which is an extension of what the show is to share stories and to share these hidden gems which i love oh so much so this is kind of like my oprah book club or you know when she used to do my favorite things or how there's the times blah 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 this is or if you're in the uk by the way the written and judy book club this is mine so i'm calling this segment that was lackluster but let's just go with it the karak chai segment or just karak chai so these are my things but we're gonna dive into all things like theater film series podcast and i'm sure like i'll expand on stuff but this is where i'm going to start and as i sip on my victoria algretti from Fortnum and Masons, by the way, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, nothing bougie, nothing far, far, far. Um, I love this tea from Fortnum and Masons when I got it from there. And the other day, I actually took Emma there because Emma from the show, you know, Emma. But if you don't know who Emma is, check out. Emma is a great contemporary dancer and an artist and a choreographer. And I met her because she just came back from touring and she was like craving this tea. And I was like, let's go to Fortnum and Masons. So we went. Emma didn't know what like literally it, like it was called or tasted like and I was like don't you worry because a while ago I went to Fortnum and Masons and I didn't realize but they have tea specialists at a specific counter at like their ground floor who I was like oh I remember having this oolong tea or Darjeeling tea and it tasted like this and they had like so many different teas behind counter and she let me sniff some of them she let me also take samples and then I went back and got the right one alongside with my Earl Grey teas which by the way are not overly priced and taste really good like you can get a nice cup of tea from there for like under a tenner or under 15 pounds and I also got a really cute strainer there that is like 15 pounds and it's really really good so i'm just saying if you're in london go there but anyway i took emma there and emma was obsessed with wanting to have this tea that she had i think in copenhagen so she has a picture of it and she shows the lady who is like a tea specialist and apparently that is what she studied i don't know what was the official name of it but if you know you know so she was like this is banana leaves this is this this is fennel seeds and then she gave emma like lots of samples and i was taking it home and emma if you're listening to this you need to tell me how that was and also if you're listening to this you need to tell me where i can get a good cup of karak chai because i'm finding it really hard guys to have a good cup of karak chai i'm looking at you mumbly when i say this and i don't want to pay five pounds or four pounds for a karak chai so for those of you that don't know what karak chai is just google it but let's just say it's the it chai i miss it and that is that so i'm gonna stop talking and get into today's segment the karak chai segment get your cup of chai ready whatever chai is whether it's a ginger chai whether it's a mint chai whether it's a masala chai whether it's whatever chai Let's get into it now. Okay, let's do this. 
So we're gonna start off the show by talking all things theatre. Now I'm gonna start with a show that I think was my most nostalgic show to watch in the last last maybe two years, which is Ten Nights, and it's written by Shahid Akbal Khan and directed by Kash Arshad, who, by the way, I just did an interview with for Chai with Rai because after watching Ten Nights last year, I like tweeted him and he retweeted it, and then we just exchanged messages back and forth. And I also applied to be an assistant director for him in a project at the Octagon Theatre and I ended up not getting the job but I was invited to see a dress rehearsal of that show which I'm also going to be mentioning later on in the podcast so make sure you keep an eye out for that but Cash has just been seriously so sweet even though I didn't get the job he you know has kept in touch and he's given me some just some great advice and was also very generous enough to do the podcast so let's get into tonight so I just want to say this, that firstly, why this show was really special to me was to see the storyline about Islam from such a pure perspective and (laughs) read between the lines when I say that. Just gonna say and leave it there. But the storyline is about our lead character, Yasir. It's a one-man show, by the way, who decides to go on Ithikaf. If you don't know what Ithikaf is, it is basically where you sleep and fast in the mosque for the last 10 nights of Ramadan and how that experience pushes him to deal with certain things in the past. So for me, other than the nostalgia of it all, where I grew up and, you know, the experience how it triggered me on certain points, it also brought me so much joy. For example, growing up Muslim and being told that the arts is not for somebody who's like me and then going into the industry and being told that I am not for the industry for somebody who comes from a specific faith or somebody who looks like me and then to see kind of like all of those things on stage in a very beautiful way was just so joyful and also I got to see it on its last night and the audience was so varied like from people who are progressive people who aren't religious people who all walks of life it just I can't put a finger on it but there were a lot of things that made it just so compelling to me and also just a couple of things from an accessibility point of view (laughs) it also had two bsl performers things that you don't see and they were not just like narrating the show but they were included in the show again a thing that you don't see and i'm going to mention one of those bsl performers was female muslim again things that you don't see so i just found that beautiful and i have to give a shout out to cash on this the direction that he took with the play the work that he did all of the creative team involved and i also feel like bush theater because bush theater in london really puts on some forthcoming projects as well as the marsha and i'm going to pronounce this incorrectly so please correct me is it Greya theater let's just let's just say that who is also a partner in putting this on i also want to give a shout out to khatija raza who designed the set who's also female who's also muslim who also did the set design for another project i did at the young big theater so this is going to be like the theme for the podcast this specific episode where i'm just going to talk about how these projects we need more of them we need more variety rather than i'm just gonna say diversity we need more poc stories we need more queer stories we need more accessible stories we just need it also if you are people of position i just want to say there's a market for everything and as a consumer it becomes your job to advertise these things and also advertise the the underdogs i'm not going to say anything more but we're going to move on 
to our next show, which I'm going to talk about, which is after and at Stratford East Theatre. I don't know why I said it like that, but I was very honoured to be invited to go watch it. I was being part of the Kiln Theatre Writers Programme. And the play is written by Dennis Kelly and directed by Lindsay Turner. And it's a storyline. I'm going to roughly kind of like pop this out which is that it's about two colleagues who survived a nuclear attack um one male one female so the male colleague has a bunker in a place that he bought i think it was i watched it such a long time ago but he saves his female colleague's life by bringing her there he has two weeks of supplies left in the bunker but let's just say in those two weeks a lot of shit goes down and towards the end of the show this is a spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert here creep he uh, uh, and creep. There was no nuclear war, okay? And the scenes where he's like literally jerking off, and I mean like vivid jerking off, where you like, you hear the sounds, the actor does get a little bit knickered. And while she's chained to a bed, by the way, he's also naked off. And also the scenes at the end, they are triggering moments and it's very dark, but the way. I would say that Dennis has written this and it's directed. It's done in a, for me, it's it's done in a very smart way because it's it's at such a high stake, that point. So yeah, watch it. I, I don't think it's on anymore, but if it's touring, please go and watch it. And if it's, you know, whatever, whatever, bring it back on. And I also have to give an honorable shout out to the design team, which is Pika, Pika? Pika, it's not Pika, it's Peter McIntosh and Tim Lutkin. So huge, huge kudos to you because the set was a very visual extension of the lines, the acting and everything. So kudos on that. Now, next up, we're going to be talking about Concha, a show I saw at Brixton House recently. I don't know why I was saying it like that, but it's a one-person show written and performed by Carly Fernandez, who is also my buddy at the Soho Writers Lab, so shout out to you, and is also directed by Manisha Sandhi. Now, Concha is a semi-autobiographical show following a lead who is queer and trans on discovering they have chlamydia. And how they must inform their recent sexual partners. I must say, I know I'm laughing about it, but there is so much humor and lightness in the play. And it also touches on the relationship Concha has with their mother, which is so beautiful. But what I loved about the piece was that firstly, you don't see a lot of Latinx-based theater, nor non-binary or trans. And this was one of them. And dealing with such a hefty topic, it made it so informative and light and humorous, like I said. And also, just to let you know, we all got an NHS. I think it was, like, where your sex clinic is or, like, get tested and stuff like that. But we also got condoms, which was hilarious. Flavoured condoms, which was genius. But that brings me to a point, which is we need more voices, people out there, even when it's in queer theatre, because I get it. I'm a dim sum why am i saying a dim sum like a gloomy dark person who wants to you know relate to that not sob story but you know where i'm getting at and we just need things that aren't like just one dimensional though 
people of the theater world. Can we have more of this? Thank you. Next up, we're going to talk about an adventure which is written by Vinay Patel and again directed by the wonderful Cash Arshad, who I interviewed and I mentioned at the start of the play, at the start of the show, not the play. And thank you so much to the Octagon Theater for inviting me to go see the dress rehearsal before the show goes live, as well as Cash and everybody else. Thank you so, so much. And the assistant director, I have to give you a shout out on this project. You were fab. And it was just so sweet. Thank you for being my buddy for the day. Now, I'm going to talk about an adventure in the sense that it is a three-hour show with two intervals, and it did kill me. So, you know, if you got... but Okay, I'm just... Actually, the conundrum I'm having is Shakespeare is long, and I love Shakespeare. And also, there's other plays out there that are three hours, if not long. Like, how long is Angels in America meant to be by Tony Kushner? And it's, yeah, okay, give a shit. Give a shit about my earlier statement. Fuck that shit. This is a banging play, and I just have issues of my own, which is unfidgety, so fuck that shit. This was a really, really good play to watch, and let's get into the story of it. Now, at Adventure, don't know why I'm stumbling, but an adventure follows three decades of a tale of a couple who meet in post-partition India in 1954, marry and move for the first time to Nairobi, then to the 1970s in England. And it just touched on so many things and had such similarities of like migrant stories or like my friends and their grandparents or like my parents. And I'm going to say this, if you're Gujarati, you should definitely, definitely see this place because it has, though it has universal themes and it's for everybody, it really has that story of moving from India to Nairobi and then moving to England, to be honest with you. And Ash, by the way, Ash Aladi, who plays one of the characters the husband basically you did such a brilliant job jessica core you did such a brilliant job you did double if i'm correct in saying and ash i must say in the third act when you're on a wheelchair and that beach scene and even prior to that when you guys go back to nairobi where you don't have a lot of dialogue but just your physical performance was so so magnetic to watch and there was something about being in that grounded position that just gave you volumes that just spoke volumes as well and massive shout out to cash on that direction as well and this design because whoo did a bit of burping there didn't it but yeah, the third act is what, like, literally killed me. Oh, and Don Bruni, Brony, if I'm pronouncing your name right, you, I have to give you a shout-out as well, because in the last speech that you give, which is such a heavy speech, and you describe how you ran through the night, hiding, getting chased, man, oh, man, did you do a beautiful job, and that coin bit, oh, my God, you gotta watch it. So, you know, I'm just saying, watch this play. If I haven't described it well, read the text, read the script, read bits and bobs of it, get it from Vinay, reach out to him, or you can just go online and get it. And if you're a theater, just program this, all right? I'm just gonna say that. But we move on to Our Streets, which was at Thara Theater, directed by Beth Kapila. Um, Beth, you're a wonderful friend of mine, and if I pronounce your 
last name wrong. I do apologize about that. But the play explores daily experiences of occupying public spaces through the lens of young women, well, basically teens, but the show was so cute to watch. And what made it special was that the play was told and put together by, and I hate to say this again, but this term, which I don't know if I've said this already, but I hate to say this term, which is by all POCs and included not just cis females, but also non-binary people and queer creatives. Again, isn't that odd how you just don't see that and we need more of that? Which brings me to my next one. The Discovery Showcase put on by Kali Theatre at Hampstead Theatre. The showcase, this is a writer's showcase. So every year, Kali Theatre chooses new and emerging writers to put on a showcase. And there were four writers, if I'm correct in saying, or five. I'm not sure the amount, but... I think there was five and the showcase was curated so smartly, so beautifully. It had such distinct voices, such a varied voice as well. And the actors, the directors, y'all did a banging job. Why am I saying directors? It was directed by Helen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So what made this so special? And I'm going to mention one of the plays, even though every play was beautiful, but I immediately gravitated to a specific play, which is Period Party, which also had a reading at Tara Theatre. Tara Theatre on every Friday, I think. They have installations of it, but basically they do staged reading, not staged readings. You can go in as a writer and kind of do a table read of your play. And Gayatri, who's the writer, Gayatri, I'm going to pronounce your name properly, I think. Kamala Kanthan? Yeah. <laughs> Who was there? Also brought the script there. And the Discovery Showcase itself showcases a small section of the play. But Gayatri at Tara gave the full reading of Period Party. And it was just beautiful. Now, I'm going to tell you a bit about Period Party. Period Party basically tells the story of a South Asian non-binary queer teen who, through their journey and celebration of the Period Party, is going on this self-discovery of their sexuality and their identity. And I just want to say, Gaitri, you did such a beautiful job. I know we're meant to be meeting soon and we're going to do like a play exchange, but this narrative and the intersectionalities of being South Asian and the queer culture, it it very much speaks volumes to where we are right now in identifying, celebrating joy and taking like monumental stands. And I hope to God this show, if you're listening to it, just give the funding over, give Guy through some space because it really belongs on a massive platform. And Guy 3 also teaches sex ed and i'm trying to get guy three on the show so we can talk all things sex ed we can talk all things like writing and so much more so again if you have power or money or finance or anything get this play on or get it on a stage or a film or tv because this is a really really good show an honorable by the way show and I'm going to shout out the next one, which is The Henna Party, which I got to go see. Um, now, it's not a theatre show. It's a curated night by Amani Said, and it was put on at Rich Mix. And it's a curated night of spoken word, 
poetry and it's a night of celebrating joy with henna party or as Amani said on the website it is all of the joy of henna night without the stress the gender norms and the aunties at the wedding now this specific installment featured queer poetry islamic joy and punjabi culture it had artists such as i'm going to pull up the name sana ehsan and mirol alizada and amani also performed and amrit kaur was there who did a beautiful rendition and touching renditions of some work that i'm not familiar with but go check out amrit kaur i know i'm going to after i've stopped recording this and she is a musical genius i just want to say this and she has such a good range vocally oh my god and i'm gonna give my last shout out of theater scene to rombe now i got to watch this specific piece during the pandemic but i believe it's coming on tour which is rombe's rouge piece and oh my god if the cinematic experience of it was one thing i can't wait to watch it wait to watch it i can't wait to watch it in theater it is choreographed by marion motin and rouge is all about finding our real selves our instincts and nature rather than our culture it's about leaving the artificial world to just live to connect with real bodies and real people that was a description on the website and it's such a visual piece and i can't wait for you to watch it so you know go on rombe's website and see it because the dancers just are spectacular rombe everybody knows this but the styling everything of it it has such a i want i don't want to say hip hop it's such an experimental feel to it on a mainstream space kind of way Anyway, watch it and tell me what you think. But that brings us to the end of theater and we're going to move on to film. We're going to discuss all things films. Now, I was a part of a short film festival at BFI Flair, which is the short film festival. I don't know why I said it like that, but I was a part of BFI Flair and some other spaces and there were a lot of short films there. as well as a feature film which I'm going to discuss at the end and some documentaries so without further ado let's get into it the first film I want to start with is how to raise a black boy by justice jamal jones it follows four boys as their journey through a fantastical world of black boyhood queer identity and fraternity in a modern reimagining of a fairy tale genre the film is so smartly done it is so visual from the animations to the set design and the little nuances on references to fashion and jamal who narrates the film has done such a brilliant job on taking us on an emotional journey through the film and your voice Jamal if you listen to this is just so captivating it's definitely worth a watch and kudos to all the people that were involved in this project i'm just saying brilliant 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 next up i'm going to bunch up the projects and i'll explain why but the movies i'm going to be talking about in this section are called stalling it by Caroline Ward and Gemma Moore and the Saeed family Christmas Eve games night by Kesar Muhammad and Fazia Mirza now first to mention stalling it wasn't at the BFI flare but I watched it at another festival but what I loved about these two projects was how funny and light and brilliant they were smart humor we don't get to see humor often at festivals well festivals I've attended to because they tend to be serious but you know 
it was a joyful experience and things that we all need. Now let's talk about stalling it. Now stalling it is shot in this like genius 80s way. And I want to say in five stalls, like the way that it's shot and the way the screen stakes up the space. But it follows three bridesmaids, a pregnancy test, a nosy neighbor who has zero ideas of what to do next not the nosy neighbor but the person who is pregnant and the fashion is just genius the colors are just a development of the story and it's such a cohesive way of telling a story and the humor I, when i tell you it is smart humor this and the side family they're both just brilliant we need to get these finance and the said family by the way is a film about a pakistani muslim woman who brings her puerto rican girlfriend to home to home to home for the first time on the family's annual games night now one of the things that i loved about Said family was that you don't get to see lesbian stories a lot and told especially in a humorous light smart brilliant way and that film just did it both of these projects have legs to be either a series or a feature film so netflix amazon prime hulu apple tv if you got money if you're rich or anything like that you need to finance these projects because they are so so genius. youtube youtube do you have something like that yeah get these finance oh by the way Fozia, if you listen to this i'd like a guest spot on the show or you know caroline or Gemma, if you listen to this thank you thank you for now thank you for now bye now <laughs> And we move on to Baba and Shams. Now, both of these projects are a bit of a tearjerker, but they both are visually so gripping and have such an aesthetic that matches the writing. And the lead characters in both of these are just beyond. Now, Shams, we're going to talk about first. It follows Eden, a 30-year-old Belgian woman who works in a cultural center a few thousand kilometers away from her home in Cairo. She learned to love the city thanks to Shams, a bubbly Egyptian girl, almost 10 years her junior, who challenges her vision of the world. But she is now in, I think I want to say in sort of like a rehabilitation or like a mental facility, if I'm correct in saying that. And it follows like the film follows like past memories interlinked with like Eden trying to basically make a plan with Shams's friends to free Shams. And again, what is to love is a lesbian queer story from this specific lens. And if we move on to Baba, you just melt for certain things in Baba. It's set in Libya where it is illegal to be gay and it follows Britannia, which can we just give kudos to that name? And such a magnificent performance by Adam Ali and his friends who live underground, who have created a new family together to support and care for each other as well to keep each other laughing now britannia in all of this dreams of a life of freedom in the uk specifically manchester's 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 canal street which if i'm correct in saying is that where the uk queerest folk was filmed that beginning scene do you know what i'm talking about if i'm wrong just let me know but when he receives a letter in which is inviting him for an interview at the british embassy it seems to go his way like life looks upright but there's an obstacle which is getting his passport which is still bum 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 at his family home so i have to say give a shout out to if i'm pronouncing your name wrong please tell me colette delal chincho chincho if i'm correct in saying is 
so gripping your strength, your fragility in moments where, where the camera is close to you and you're not saying anything and it's like your eyes are talking. You just, oh my God, you were so brilliant in it. So I hope these storylines are captivating enough for you. And if it comes to a festival near you, do go watch it or reach out to the filmmakers. And like I said, I'll put all the information below, but go check these projects out. Another one of the films which I loved seeing was Little Sky by Jess X Snow. It had all the glamour and the sensitivity and kind of that space I'm in right now of confronting slash figuring out life. Also why I loved was I just to see an East Asian film at a festival of this scale. We just need more representation, please, on mass mainstream platforms, please. Thank you so much. Storytellings like this and all of the ones mentioned above, just thank you. I think I've said that enough, right? Like we got that point, so I don't need to say anymore. But let me tell you a little bit about Little Sky. Now, Little Sky follows the journey of Sky, a Chinese American pop star who returns to the city they were raised in to find their excuse me, estranged immigrant father. Now, haunted by their childhood memories, Sky risks their non-binary identity to end the cycle of violence in their family. Wo Chan's performance as the lead in this film is so good. You play Sky so brilliantly. You're so multi-layered in those, again, in those close-up shots. It really taught me a lot about like camera acting where sometimes you don't have nothing to say and the music's playing on top and the score is just beautiful and it's just, you match it. You tell so much. I think in writing I'm learning like, was it don't show, don't tell, right? That. And the score, by the way, of this and the music is top notch. So you gotta give a bit of kudos to that. Now we've got three more to talk about, so I'm gonna buzz through this. I have to give a shout out to Sarah Lee's documentary, Yaha Maha, which follows DJ Almas and Bali Illusion. It's about how they use their platforms to celebrate their heritage and the scenes when both of them are just like cooking with their parents is truly so heartwarming. It just clutched on my pearls and I just, I was like, oh my God. And especially knowing Anthony, aka Bali Illusion and their story, to where they are today from where they were was just like, oh my God. P.S. I interviewed Anthony for Chai With Rice, so keep an eye out for that Copper Fields episode. The next documentary I have to mention is Beirut Dreams in Color by Michael Collins, which tells the stories of Mashulela, a Lebanese rock band with an outspoken gay singer, and Sarah Hegazi, and it follows them through their sexual orientation and their beliefs, the shock, the short, I'm stumbling, man. I've been talking for a while, but I'm going to digress. So the short documentaries shows what it's like for the LGBTQIA plus community to be oppressed and threatened by the governments in Middle East. Now, I want to say this was such an emotional piece to watch because I remember when Marshall Leila got banned and that flag video went viral on Facebook and when Sarah's news broke out about... Oh my God. And just how life just changed like that. And this film really captures that in a short and concise way. And it made me truly ask questions that forget about like LGBTQIA plus rights, but just from a humane perspective, how 
we should celebrate each other and protect each other. And I think I will leave it there because they really were just, yeah. Yeah, I have to leave it there because I think I'll go back. But kudos to both of those filmmakers for making those projects. <laughs> um, my last short film that I'm going to talk about is Mohafiz, which is by Pradipta Rai and written by Ashatosh Batak. Now, it is set against a backdrop of sectarian violence and asks the question, can a gay Hindu man find courage to help a Muslim? And I must give salute to the entire creative team on this film, knowing the complexities on how it is to film a queer-based film in India and produce such a complex piece to be shown across the world in festivals and in any capacity. And to whomever did the grading on this film, just brava. It is really beautiful. You have to watch this film, Mahafez. Reach out to the filmmakers. And if it's touring around your festivals, please go see it. But the last film I gotta give it up to is Minakshi Sundarwar, which is by Vivek Soni and Arsh Vora. Now it is on Netflix, so you can go watch it if you got Netflix unless you canceled it. But I have to say, firstly, Sanya Malotra, you're so captivating in this role. Such a great performance for that girl next door role with brilliance and smartness and just stunning. That scene with... <laughs> Okay, that scene where you're doing like the sexy video call and the mother-in-law comes in and thinks like her son on the other side is actually being held as a prisoner is genius. Like not only to the writer, but the acting of it and the music, the way that it's shot. Oh my God, the way that it's shot is exactly how cinema needs to be. Asian cinema needs to be. And to tell you, but let me just tell you about the story. So it's basically about a lead couple getting married, but then soon after they get married, they are forced to live apart due to a unique job prospect that the guy gets. So, you know, as we go along this journey to watch the two newlyweds face hiccups and hilarity that arise from their long distance marriage is genuinely jokes and also you're like no also can i just say the lead actor did not know they had a body like that that body body adi 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 ani 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 but I'm gonna say stop there because that is the end for the films. And now we're gonna move on as we discuss all things series. I don't know why I said it like that, but let's discuss all things series. I gotta pace myself. Sometimes I really do think when I'm recording or when I'm doing interviews, it's like a different personality of mine because at home, I'm just like so quiet and so morbid, but let's move on to discussing series. And do I have treats for you? Yeah, we got some karakchas in this pieces because we're going to be talking about the following. We're going to talk about Special by Ryan O'Connell, A Black Lady Sketch Show by my hero Robin Thede, Daily Crime by Richie Mehta, Sort of Gone by Bilal Beck, Fab Filippo, Leo Geronimo Rondot, and Amazon's Yearly Bash, Yearly Departed. Now, if I said any of your names wrong or something like that, just go with it, okay? I'm like on my 10th chai and just live with it. All right, so let's discuss special, so funny. And for me, I was living when Puna Patel's character raps how many licks by Lil' Kim. 
<laughs> I have watched that video at least a couple of times. But special, you gotta watch and show it some love on Netflix. And it follows Ryan, who's also the program writer and creator, a gay man with cerebral palsy who decides to go away with his identity, an accident victim, and go after life that he wants. All cute things from dating to sex to work life. Just a bundle of joy. This is literally so, so, so brilliant. Next up, we have to talk about a black lady sketch show, which is created by writer and genius that is a showrunner who I admire so much, Robin Motherhood Theory. It is so brilliant, this show, her humor, and all of the ladies that are on here. This is just a badass show. It gives so much space for shows like this to be on air. And we need shows back like My Wife and Kids, okay? We need shows back like Girlfriends and just so many others because this is just brilliant. And I followed Robin's career from like BET, just watching like YouTube clips to watching this. And you can also watch like YouTube sketches of the show and the co-creators that are on the show from Gabrielle Dennis to Ashley Nicole Black and Sky Townsend. You have, whoo, pardon me. You have sketches from about the Lost Supper, which is, can I just say... I wish I could be a comedy writer sometimes or I could be in rooms with like the SNL people. Also, we need to get Robin Thede on SNL hosting because I just think you'll be so brilliant on it. But it's things like sketches about like being going to a spin class or getting your hair done or one of the characters who I love. Now I'm going to try and pronounce this name correctly. Dr. Hadassah Olianki Ali Youngman. These skits, you can just watch whenever I'm feeling down. I just, oh my God, YouTube them. Or if you want to watch it full on HBO, go watch it. Show it some love. Speaking of HBO, we also have to talk about Sort of Gone, which is created by Bilal Beg and Fab Filippo. Now, this series stars Bag, um, who, by the way, as Sabi Mahmood, a non-binary millennial, my words, millennial, trying to balance their roles as a child of Pakistani immigrant parents, a bartender, um, being an LGBT bookstore, working there, and a cafe, and a caregiver to the young children of a professional couple. I hope to God I haven't fucked anything up, but... I gotta say, this show touches a nerve in such a good way. You gotta watch it, like literally watch it and feedback to me because this is a special one. Especially through the lens that is told, the writing, the performance. Oh my God, Bilal, you're just banging on it. And you need to like be just everywhere. Like, we need an ID cover, we need Vogue cover, we need you to be the face of X, Y, and Z, we need you to write so many more. And also, I want to be on this show. I so freaking love it, and you guys need to watch it and feedback to me. It is such a brilliant, 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 smart show. Oh my god, I want to be in a writing room with you, and just like, yeah. Hopefully, you know what, I'm going to reach out and send a request to be on chat with Ryan. Why not? Have I got to lose? It's only a cuppa. It's only a cuppa, people. Anywho, we move on to Netflix and the show that is Delhi Crime. Now, though it is based on a true story, I would like to say that having worked in entertainment for over 10 years and the fluff that happens around and the sensationalization that happens around true based stories, this is nothing of such. This handles it with such grace, such brilliance, so smartly told. 
Ah, and it stars one of my favorite actresses, Rosica Dugal. Rosica needs to come to the West End. I need to be in a project with Rosica because I genuinely believe this, that Rosica Dugal is one of the finest actresses of our time and deserves all of the recognition. And I hope to God she's a nice person because sometimes you know how they say don't meet your idols. Not saying that she's my idol, but I think she's mighty fine. And I also have to give a shout out to Shafali Shaheed, who is so good in this. And also, if you're not in a sensitive mood to watch something that is so gripping and so heavy, chordo. Don't watch it. You have to be in the mood because it's a story based off the 2012 Nirbhaya gang rape case in Delhi. So like I said, it's heavy. And it also kind of reminded me of, in a stylistic way, American crime stories, in specific People versus OJ. And I think there's going to be a Delhi crime season two because it ended at a specific space. But if there's not going to be a Delhi crime too, I think they need to do similarly to American Crime Story where they have installments of different things because that would just push the narrative so much forward. And I think Indian TV series are already doing that like with shows like Made in Heaven or Four Shots. Those are honorable shout out. Watch those out as well. So yeah, this fits right in. Moving on to my last honorable shout out, which was on Amazon Prime. It is a show called Chernobyl. Now you gotta watch it. Well, you gotta watch all of this stuff or read it or do you know what I'm saying? Just like get into it. But such a good series based on a true story about how in April 1986, the city of Chernobyl, gotta take a breath, sorry, pause two seconds <coughs> and cough apparently. Uh, Chernobyl in the Soviet Union suffers one of the worst nuclear disasters in the history of mankind. Consequently, many heroes put their lives on the line to save Europe. Now, it follows the accident, the trials, and so much more, and it's directed by, I'm so sorry if I pronounce your name incorrectly, Johan Renk, and written by Craig Maven. I cannot say this enough times, but it is brilliant. It is good. It is gripping. I even watched a documentary on it after because you know sometimes how you watch shows and you'll be like, oh my God, I've got to Google that. And the documentaries just explain more how active the city, ooh, burping. The radiation levels are still active in the city, how they're building this like protective layer on top of it, how you cannot drink water still around it. And it is brilliant so please go watch Chernobyl I'll list all the information of it on there on there in here and I'm going to close this podcast on a podcast which has recently just made me style smile style smile 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 because your heart is breaking I swear to god I'm telling you I'm so over the hypeness of myself on this I just want to go back to the grim me, which I'm going to as soon as I stop recording this. But this podcast, which has made me smile, I am a reader now, as they like to call their followers, I want to say. And the podcast I'm referring to is Las Culturistas, which is a pop culture and comedy podcast co-hosted by Bowen Yang from SNL and Matt Rogers, who I have loved on Q4s. Another shout out, by the way. Such a fucking banging show. It's about... Basically, a queer division of the CIA, if I want to say that. And it has, like, Wanda Sykes in it, Sean Hayes, Matt Rogers, who is the podcast co-host of Las Culture Ritas, who is also on a new show called I Love That For You, hosted by, hosted by, created by 
Oh my god, Molly, Molly something from SNL. But that person, I'll put all the information down. And you got to give this podcast a listen. It's such a feel-good show. And if you love pop culture or even Taylor Swift, because they talk about her a lot, you got to give this show a go. It has inspired me to bring humor to my podcast, add new segments, and it's just brilliant. So give kudos to that. I will also give some honorable shout-outs to other podcasts that I have come across during my research for guests on Chai with Rai. So give those a little love as well but i hope you enjoyed this as i end this and thank you so much for listening i will list all the information of the shows and the socials as much as i can in the description or the bio of the episode show the project some love the people on it show me some love if you like this episode comment share and subscribe give me some feedback too as this is the first time and the first batch of karak Uh, but i will leave you with some love and good feels hope you have a great day and as i always say breathe in breathe out namaskar copyrighted and until next time stay curious everybody have a great rest of your day night whatever it may be sending you love